Welcome to the I Am Persuaded podcast with Travis Shelton. Our desire is to provide weekly encouragement and biblical truths so that you too can be persuaded that He is able. Thanks for joining us on this episode. Now, let's hear what Pastor Travis has to say. Welcome back to I Am Persuaded. If you are listening to this episode, I greatly appreciate it, and I appreciate you giving it the time today. And uh, if you've listened to the other episodes in the series Walk, I would encourage you to send those to a friend or share them with someone, especially if they've been a blessing to you, because my burden is that Christians just understand what it truly means to walk in Jesus. And so I pray that you would share these with others. And so we've been on this series for the past couple of weeks, or past couple of episodes rather, on what does it mean to walk in Jesus. Jesus. And so last episode, we looked at walk in love out of Ephesians chapter 5. And I told you there are three walks in Ephesians chapter 5 as, as Paul lays out practically how we are to live and walk daily in the Christian life. So last episode, we gave to the first two verses. It was walk in love. Now we're going to look at a few more verses, but we're going to look at the idea of what it means to walk in light, what it means to walk in light. And so in these chapters, we're looking at there how we are to live as a believer. And so that's really Paul's purpose. He says you're to walk in love as a believer. Now you're to walk in light as a believer. But in this in these few verses we're going to look at, about 10 verses, we're going to see a couple other walks that aren't, uh, Paul doesn't come out and say a walk like this, but we can see it from the verse, how we are to live and conduct our daily Christian life. So let me read a few verses to you before we begin out of Ephesians chapter 5, picking up in verse number three. Paul says, but fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be named once among you as becometh saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving thanks for this, you know, that no whoremonger nor unclean person nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience, but be ye therefore partakers with them for you were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord, and have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather approve them. For it is a shame to even speak of those things which are done of them in secret, but all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest in light, wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. That verse, or that phrase in verse number 8, walk as children of light. And all these verses are kind of going to center around how do we do that? So the first thing I want to point out is we're to walk carefully as believers. We're to walk carefully as a believer. And so in last episode, we began looking at chapter five and only covered the first two verses and looked at this essential idea, this non-negotiable imperative in scripture that we're to walk in love and we're to share the love of Jesus with others around us. But in this chapter, there are three different practical walks that we're to walk in every single day. And we don't find this week's walk until verse eight, but Paul is speaking really in verses three through 14 on this very important subject of what it looks like to live out our Christian faith. And so as we make our way down through these verses, we're going to see he urges his readers to live a careful life, to walk carefully, because Satan, listen to me, Satan is after us. 
Temptation is before us every single day, and we must be on guard as we walk the Christian life. Paul lists a few sins here in these verses, and really there is not much need in defining them in detail because they're common sins, and you know what they mean if you would just read them. And so Paul says we're to flee a life of sexual immorality. The Greek word that Paul uses here is pornea, gives us our English word pornography. But Paul is not just speaking of porn. He is saying that the Christian who is walking carefully is not to be associated with any type of sexual sin. That goes for homosexuality, the sex outside of marriage, um, pornography, a whole list Paul is referring to any type of sexual sin. And so a lot of times we think that people 2,000 years ago, well, they don't deal with sin or the same sins that we did. Well, that's not true. You see here from Paul's writings, they faced the same temptation that a lot of people in our generation face as well. And that is why Paul so often wrote on the subject of sexual sin and sexual immorality. And Christians need to flee from that. Paul goes on to say, need to flee from a life of uncleanness. So not just sexual sin, but anything that is filth to God, we ought to flee or run away from. That is meaning anything that appears to be sin, well, it's sin. Anything that is questionable, you might as well say, I'm not going this far. If it even seems questionable, I'm not giving into it. Paul says, all impurity is sin. And we should run away from sin. Satan has told us a lie that, well, if Scripture doesn't come out and say explicitly that this form of sexual sin or this form of gossip or this form of slander is sin, then I can go this far and not sin. Paul says when he uses the Greek word for all uncleanness that every ounce of impurity is sin and we should, be, we should run and we should flee away from it. Paul then says the Christian is to live carefully and to avoid covetousness, which is simply greed, wanting something that someone else had. Tim Keller preached a sermon, I think it was a seven-week series or so, on various sins in the Bible. And his wife said, when you get to covetousness or greed, that will be your lowest attendance. And she was correct. Tim even said it was his lowest attendance and it was the one he had the least response to because people just don't want to see their greed or own up to their greed. The issue is not many people will own up to their greediness. And this is sin. It's one of the ones that most people deal with but never acknowledge it. Paul then in verse 5 goes on to speak about our speech as believers. We should be careful how we talk as a believer. We discussed this a few episodes ago in chapter 4, so we'll not stay here long. But Paul says inappropriate joking, cussing, gossiping, all vulgar speech should not be part of your Christian daily speech or your Christian walk. And so what should be part of your Christian walk then, Paul? While we're walking very carefully to avoid the, the, the temptation of Satan, how, how should we walk? Well, Paul says in these verses, a thankful spirit to God for all that he has done, all that he has provided. You should replace all of this filth, all of this uncleanness, all of this greed, all of, this, all of these sins with a thankful spirit to God for who he is and what he has accomplished. Now that brings us to verse 5, an interesting question. Does a saved Christian living in these sins lose their salvation? 
And I believe that scripture teaches a Christian cannot lose their salvation, hence the term once saved, always saved. And so Paul is not saying here that a Christian living in these sins gets out of a permanent fellowship with God and falls away from God and he has to then go to hell and he has to be resaved. That's not what he's saying. But he's saying someone who lives out these sins persistently with no conviction and with no repentance most likely has never truly been saved. Therefore, they will not go to heaven because they are not saved. And that's what Paul is alluding to in verse 5. You can listen to it again. For this you know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be ye therefore, be not ye therefore partakers with them. So Paul is not saying that a believer that walks into sin for a small season of their life has his salvation removed. He's simply saying someone that continually and persistently lives in this area or this sin in their life with no conviction, with no repentance, they most likely don't know Jesus. And that's a hard pill for some people to swallow, but the Bible's clear when you believe in Jesus, you get a new life. Now, will you still sin? Absolutely. Will you still have bad thoughts? Absolutely. Will you still have sinful desires? Absolutely. But you will walk carefully daily as you read and study Scripture, hoping through Scripture, through prayer, through Christ and the Holy Spirit living inside of you that you avoid these sins. But yes, you will still sin. You don't lose your salvation, but you're growing day by day. If there's no growth, that's when I would worry if the decision that you made was a true faith decision in Jesus. And so I love how Paul says in verse 3, let none of these be named among you. So Paul is going so far as to say, don't get involved with this sin. So if we would understand, okay, we don't need to have an adultery. We don't need to live a greedy life. We don't need to speak corruptly in front of others. But Paul goes as far to say, don't even let that be named among you. Don't even let people say this about you. Live a life that is so clean before Christ and before others that even your enemy can't come and say, oh, they did this or they did that. He says, don't let it be named among you. Then we see in these verses, we're to walk in Jesus's light. Notice that we're to walk in Jesus's light. Verse number seven, it says this, be not ye therefore partakers with them. For ye were sometimes darkness, verse eight, but now are ye light in the Lord, walk as children of light. And so here Paul, he starts in verse 7 going into this new theme of how we are to walk. So really what Paul has done in verses 3 through 6 as he's as he says we've been commanded to live a careful and clean life before others. He's instructed us that we are not to live like the lost, but we're to live in that new identity, the one we spoke about a few episodes ago. But the question might be, how can we fight off temptation? How can we flee a life of sin? And so, or how can I be so clean before others that these sins can't even be said of me? And Paul's going to answer that question with one of scripture's major contrast, and that is darkness and light. Darkness represents the world, Satan, and our sin. We could all we could call darkness our life before Jesus because we were separated from God forever in utter darkness. That is true darkness. 
Darkness paints the picture of hopelessly lost without any idea of what we can do. That was us in our sin, hopeless in darkness and despair forever. And I love the way Paul begins verse 8. Paul says, you were sometimes in darkness. The wording here simply means that there was a time in your life when you lived like verses 3 through 5. You were hopelessly lost without Jesus. You lived life to fulfill the desires of your flesh. You lived to obey Satan and the world around us. And so I love that word were. It's past tense as he's writing to believers. This was you. This is who you were before you found the light in Jesus. And so then Paul gives a great theological shift in verse 8. And I've said it multiple times to my youth group and probably on this podcast, but I love the B-U-T's of the Bible, the buts of the Bible, because they bring so much theological truths and shifts inside of Scripture. And I've given the illustration before, just as a large door can swing on such a small metal hinge, so can such great theological truths swing on such a small word in Scripture, that word but. And so when we come to verse 8, Paul says this. He says, For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. And so this theological shift that happens in verse 8. It represents our new identity. Paul says our old identity was walking in darkness. Our old man was living for Satan, for the world, for his desires, was living in utter darkness. But our new one is walking in the light of Jesus. Now notice these verses do not say that we are to walk in the light that we ourselves produce. Because in us alone, there is no light. But it says, walk in light, the light of Jesus. That is crucial. Walk in the light of Jesus. We're to walk in him, Colossians 2, 6. And Jesus is the light of the world. So if Jesus made that statement in the Gospel of John, that he is the light of the world. And if we are in him, then his light becomes our light. But we must not get it confused. That's why I wanted to title the second thought here, walk in Jesus's light. Because if we start thinking that we ourselves produce light, we're fooled. Because in us is total darkness before Jesus. But when we meet Jesus, we meet the light of the world. The light of the world then becomes part of us and his light shines through us to become our light. So you see, we are to show Jesus, not ourselves. We are to walk in a way that Christ is is lifted up, that Christ is magnified. We're to walk in a way that offers of the world to see Jesus in us. We're to walk in the light of Jesus, showing those around us Jesus, not ourselves. So Paul is saying, because we are saved, born-again believers, the sin life, the life of darkness, it should not be named among us but the life of light should be. We are to walk as Christians pursuing true holiness in our everyday lives. And so the question comes up, how do we display the light of the world? Well, listen to what verse 9 says in Ephesians chapter 5. He says, we'll start in verse 8. He says, For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Verse 9, For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, and righteousness and truth. 
And so Paul here in verse 9, he says, living out what is good, right, and true. So he answers the question, how do we display living out the light of the world, living out Jesus's light? We live out that which is good, that which is right, and that which is true. How do we do that? Well, we live like Jesus. Remember last episode, what verse 1 instructs us to do, be an imitator or a follower of God. How do we do that? We imitate Jesus's walk. And what is the result of doing this? Verse 10 says in Ephesians 5, we are pleasing God with our life as we walk in light. I believe we should all say that we desire to please God with our lives. 1 John chapter 1, verse 7 says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Notice that first phrase, but if we walk in the light as he, Jesus, is in the light, we then have fellowship. And so we must understand he's calling us to flee a life of sin and to embrace walking in Christ, the theme of all these episodes. Let Jesus' character become your character and let his light shine through you. Then we see thirdly, we're to walk or walking in light exposes darkness. Walking in light exposes darkness. Verse 11 says this, and have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame to even speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things are reproved, are made manifest in the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest in the light, wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. This last thought is amazing and bears great truth from this passage. You see, verse 11 says, We are not to have fellowship with darkness, but we are to reprove it. The Greek word for reprove simply means to expose. Paul is saying that we as Christians are to expose the darkness. Paul is saying that by our life, shining a light for Jesus, literally shining Jesus's light, literally our life showing the world Christ in us, living out this Christian life is shining the light of the gospel on the darkness of sin in our world. And that is why the world hates us so much. It's because the life that we live, the light of the gospel shines on darkness and the sins of the world, and they hate that. Then verse 12, it says the things that are done in secret. What does this mean? Well, it simply means that living and walking in light always exposes the things in our life that do not need to be there. So while living out the gospel, living for Jesus, walking in Jesus, walking in light, it exposes the world's sins. If we're living for Christ, it also exposes our sins. When we have fellowship with light, we are walking with Jesus, with the, the literal light of the world. He shows us what does not need to be in our life. The things that we think no one else knows about, Scripture can pull those out and expose them and that we, we, we then can repent of sin and forsake those things that are in our life. I'm sure you can understand what, what Paul is getting at here. I'll try to illustrate it this way. Tatum, our dog, she has a lot of balls and a lot of toys all throughout the house. And so every now and then she'll be slapping her balls through the living room and one will roll up under the couch. And so I'll go up under there to try to get it. And then I turn my flashlight on and it exposes everything 
that's up under the couch. If I try to look under there without my flashlight, I can't see one toy. But then when I get my flashlight and look, I see balls, squeaker toys, I see socks, I see dust bunnies, because the light has this thing about it that it reveals that which is hidden. You see, the things that are in darkness, they're hidden. When we live in a hidden sin, we think that as long as I'm not sinning in public or sinning so that my family can see or sinning so that the church can see, uh, all will be okay. But friend, God knows the deepest secret. The sin that we are trying our best to hide from everyone, even ourselves at times, he will expose that because he is light. If we come to his scripture and begin living for him, it's a matter of time until his light shines on what is dark in our life. That is why when we fail to read scripture and pray, we drift in our relationship with Jesus because his word is the light in our life that reveals sin to us. If we are not allowing his word to shine light on our sin, we will continue living in sin. That is why so many Christians uh, live like they're not saved because they never let the light of scripture and the light of Jesus shine in their life. That is why throughout this series on the podcast, And all the time, I'm encouraging believers to read scripture every single day. If you aren't, you are allowing darkness to rule in your life. And you're never allowing the light in to expose that which is in darkness. You will live just like you did before you received the light in the first place. So, what do I do if I'm a Christian living like I'm asleep? You get back to scripture. You allow Jesus to shine his light in your life and clean you up. That way you are walking the proper Christian walk again. When you're walking in light, your friends will see a difference. You can lead people to Jesus, but if they don't see a difference in you, if the world doesn't see Jesus in you, friend, you are not truly walking in light, walking in the light of Jesus. You see, when you're not living in the light, Uh, You come across as a dead, cold, and dark Christian and living like the world. And that's not representing Jesus to those around us. But when you are living in the light and growing in Jesus, walking in Jesus, and repenting of sin as you should, others will see Christ in you, have a desire to know him, and might even approach you about how they can receive the same light that you have. So I hope this episode has been an encouragement to you. I would encourage you to read these verses yourself and study them out as we'll pick back up in two weeks at the third walk from Ephesians chapter 5. I hope practically you are learning how to live and walk in Jesus. As always, have a great Friday and God bless. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the I Am Persuaded podcast, please consider subscribing and share with your friends. We pray this is a blessing in your life. God bless.